This week on the pod, Crystal, Ellie, and myself sit down with Rebecca Granda. She's a psychologist and former professor and researcher prior to creating the Asheville DBT and trauma therapy practice. She focuses, among other things, helping with burnout, practice building, financial trauma, and parent coaching for therapists and other busy professionals. As always, you can find out more about our hosts and guests in the show notes. This week, I dove right in by asking, what is DBT? What does that stand for? What is that? Yeah. So DBT is Dialectical Behavior Therapy, created way back um, not too long ago from Marsha Linehan. Um, It is a type of DBT for um, people that I like to say typical therapy doesn't usually them. Um, So these might be people who are more emotional or more highly sensitive or might have um, been hospitalized in the past or might have, you know, thoughts of self-harm or actually engage in that. And so it is more structured than regular typical therapy, which is why I think it's more in a way effective for people who might be having similar issues. Um, and so usually it combines, we call it comprehensive DBT, which includes Individual therapy includes group therapy, and then it also includes diary cards where you track your emotions every day and track any urges you might have every day. And then it also includes phone coaching where you can text your therapist for very specific coping skills related support during a potential crisis. Yeah. So uh, lots of differences between, I guess, traditional talk therapy mm-hmm. and uh, this modality. How did you get connected to, yeah, the DBT world, and yeah, where, where, and how did that begin? Um, I think it started back in grad school. Um, I personally, I've just always gravitated towards working with higher risk clients or severe mental illness. Um, I worked in like forensic outpatient practices and VA medical centers. Um, And so my program did like one class on DBT because they call it third wave treatment for therapy, where it is a form people often ask, they'll be like, I want CBT instead of DBT. And often I'm like, well, DBT is actually a type of CBT. And so it was ACT. Um, So it is kind of like a newer version of CBT in a way or more specialized. Um, And so we did like one class on it and I thought that was really interesting. Uh, And then when I worked at a college counseling center as an intern, I had my first experience with a client with borderline personality disorder and she was hospitalized multiple times and I realized I was not being effective. I did not know what to do or how to help And so I really wanted to figure out how can I help people better um, that actually works for clients that, you know, other types of therapies wouldn't work for. And so that's when I started reading and learning more. And then when I went to the VA for um, my year-long predoctoral internship, I went to the New Jersey VA and did a year-long rotation in their Center for Health and Wellness um, in the DBT track. And so... That usually includes when you get trained in DBT, that means you have to do DBT yourself for like a year. Um, and so I I was like, um, 
I was in the group and not really facilitating the group, but not really a participant either. I was in between. And so I did that for a year. <clears throat> and then I moved around. And so I did other things and I worked in other places. And I just always missed that. I would try to add in some DBT when I worked at the nursing home. It didn't really quite work with the older people. Um, and so I threw it in when I worked at a crisis hospital. I could throw in some DBT here and there, but it wasn't like the full model. And I really missed that. So when I had the opportunity to join a DBT practice in Brooklyn, um, like a fully comprehensive, one of the best teams in Brooklyn, um, it really gave me that full, like, this is what it looks like in outpatient, in the outpatient world to do comprehensive DBT. Um, and I really, really liked it. And then I moved to Asheville and there was nothing like it. So I said, I guess I have to figure out how to make it happen here. I just like structure and I like protocols and I like evidence-based research um, and practices. And so DBT for me was it. And it just, it kind of has a guidebook of like, this is how it works. But then it also has a, what if it doesn't work kind of mentality to it? Because there's lots of hiccups in DBT. There's lots of people that don't fit the box. And so you really have to figure out then what? And that's the dialectic behind it all. Like, then you have to be flexible. And so for me, that's what I like personally. I think it fits my personality. And, and it's the same with clients. You have to be motivated to do DBT. You have to want to do homework. You have to want to do the diary cards. You have to want to come multiple times a week. Like it does not work for everyone, unfortunately. I think it's, it's, yeah, it's a hard balance too, because in DBT, some people want to process and share more personal information. And you, it's so structured, you can't always do that. There's a time and a place. And so usually... It's during homework time when you share about yourself or during like role plays, um, learning the new materials you can share about yourself. But otherwise, um, you just kind of have to, it's a little bit like class in school sometimes. What led you to being a psychologist? Uh-huh. Um, so I first got my master's in mental health counseling at the University of Miami. Um, and so I did that program and I was working with clients, um, outpatient at the time. And, uh, I just really felt like I needed more education and I needed more information. I also, um, when I was doing my master's program, I had a, I want to say it was like a crisis, but I had a pausing moment where I was like, do I want to be a teacher? instead of a therapist. And so I took a semester to reduce my course load and considered getting a master's in teaching instead and going that route. And so for me, becoming a psychologist gave me that opportunity to teach as well as do therapy. Um, it also gives gave me the opportunity to do research too. Um, and I, while I did my master's, I was a research assistant at University of Miami working with babies. And so I really liked research too. And so I wanted to do that, which I don't do now. I wish I did more research. Um, but I do teach on the side or um, officially now I'm not teaching as of this month. Um, but I've taught the past, I don't know, five years um, or more as like an adjunct professor, um, in addition to being able to do therapy, which I think being a psychologist allows you to do that. 
Um, and for me, I just love learning. So I think you really have to love going to school for 12 years to do that. <laughs> and I did. Don't love the student loans that come with it yet. Did love going to school more. If you could be doing research right now, mm-hmm. what would you be digging your hands into? Yes. Um, I already have that planned and I'd <laughs> love to do it. Um, I'm trying to, we have interns from Western Carolina University that help us and see clients here. And I've been trying to convince them to do some research projects for me and with me. Um, I think ideally I would love to get some grants. I don't know how to do that because I've never really done that. And so I'd love to get some grants to help fund it because otherwise, as we all know in the therapy world, you only get paid for clients that you see. Um, So if I were to do research, it would just be for fun right now, which I don't have much free time for fun these Mm days. Um, And so I already know what I want, at least in our practice, I would love to do like outcomes and program evaluation of like our, of DBT in Asheville, in our practice, Asheville DBT and trauma specifically, I'd love to do um, kind of like, um, and I think, um, like evaluate how the program worked for you before and after like doing, we used to do post tests and pre tests before and after the group to see how symptoms changed over time and coping skills hopefully increased over time. Um, and when I was a student intern, I had to do a program evaluation presentation at the VA and we learned when I was able to use their system, I was able to like gather all the d- data in their in their computer program. And I was able to see that before DBT, they had many different hospitalizations, ER visits, all that sort of thing. And then after hospitalization, after DBT for six months to a year, they had none, like nobody in our, in our group had any hospitalizations or ER visits um, after like a year after or two years after. And so something like that, I'd love to do. So I'm going to, elaborate on my initial question. What drew you to mental health? (laughs) You're not getting out of it. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's part of your personality to be a therapist. Um, I, you know, middle school, I always read books, like memoirs and whatever I could get my hand on. I've always read I'm one of those people that like, I never changed majors. I knew exactly from high school, I took a psychology class and I was like, that's it. I'm doing psychology. Um, I did want to be a psychiatrist first and I did pre-med and changed gears when I got to organic chemistry. And I was like, that's not for me. Um, But I always wanted to do psychology, psychiatrist, um, be a psychologist or a therapist. Um, I even did, what is it? The Holland Reasuck test for career counseling and it tells you your career and mine was counseling psychologist and so I was like oh good thing I'm in this program to be that <laughs> um, so yeah I just I think it's like a per- personality thing. I don't know awesome thank you mm-hmm. yeah where is home base as far as what do I take on what do I don't take on that is an excellent question And so I think that is the juggle and struggle I've been trying to figure out all year. Um, So I've been experiencing burnout this year. And I also have two little kids. So I have a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. 
So motherhood on top of it all, like that's like a whole other full-time job. And so um, burnout kind of crept in last fall and I had never fully experienced that before. And so that's really tough. And so I think trying to figure out how and what is the best pace for you as a therapist, I think is really important. And so I'm really flexible with my practice. I know that a lot of places in the world don't offer part-time jobs for um, for moms or humans at all, right? And there's so many people who have disabilities or need accommodations or can't work full-time hours for whatever reason, not just being a mom. And you know, looking for part-time psychologists, you get zero usually. And, you know, I would love health insurance and benefits. And that's like non-existent with part-time jobs either. And so I think, you know, just trying to figure out what works for you. Um, And so for me, before I used to work two jobs, long hours, teach on the side, I've worked three jobs, four jobs. I tend to work a lot usually. And so now I'm just trying to pace myself, figure out what is the right caseload for me. I think my ideal caseload is 10 right now um, versus, you know, full-time would be like 20 at our practice. And so I think, you know, also another juggle is figuring out office hours. I think that's something in in the private practice world, everyone usually gets to control and figure out what works for them. And so for me, I was doing three long days, but now I'm adjusting it to five half days. And so just really figuring out what works for your personality and for your family and for your, I guess, career goals is is important. I would also love to know, because burnout is real. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you have been in the thick of it or recently were in the thick of it. What were some of the things that helped you... Well, and I'm making an assumption here that you're sort of coming out on the other side. Yes. So I would love to know, what are some things that were helpful in that transition? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is delegating, getting help where you can. So that might be like help at home, hiring a housekeeper if you can, Um, getting an assistant, which I did, thank goodness. And she's amazing. Um, So she answers all my emails and and phone calls now. Um, I think for me... I think the biggest thing is, you know, we practice in DBT mindfulness. And so for me, it's really slowing down, doing one thing at a time, you know, making sure my days are planned so that I have an hour in the morning to read emails or to like, I don't know, just drink my coffee and do nothing and stare out the window for an hour if I feel like it in the morning to get prepared for the day. Um, And then, you know, I think we talk about it in our team meetings. We discuss burnout every single team meeting. Everybody goes around and says what their burnout level is, one to five. And if you're three and higher, we say, what can we do to help you? And so then we kind of share strategies with each other of like, what do we need? And we hold each other accountable. Um, and I really encourage like everyone in our practice to get therapy if needed. Um, I got a business consultant, which I think was really helpful for me with burnout. Um, And then I really started to discover, um, and hopefully I can toot her horn, but um, another Asheville psychologist, Dr. Liz Slonena, she is a friend, colleague, and I discovered her on Insight Timer, and I told her, kind of creepy, I'm listening to you at bedtime every night, Um, (laughs) she's a hypnotherapist, psychologist, and she has like sleep and yoga nidra sleep meditations, 
And so I was doing them every single night. And even like, I would wake up and come to work and everyone's like, what is going on with you? Like you're reorganizing the office today. And like, you seem in such a better mood. And I was like, hypnosis, hypnotherapy, um, meditation. I guess it works after all. So. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's what they keep telling us. <laughs> right? I know. That's what we keep saying. So why not do it ourselves, right? We do. So mm-hmm. with all of this kind of being said, I'm wondering, what does healing mean to you? Healing is not struggling, perhaps. Not fighting it or getting stuck on things anymore. So, you know, because I don't, in DBT, like with emotion regulation, we don't want to not have sadness or anger. We don't want to not have certain emotions, but I think we don't want to get stuck on them. So we can't cope or move through them at our own pace. So I don't know if there's an easy answer for healing. Like I don't think for a definition of healing, but I think it's being at peace or we call it radical acceptance of um, life as it is that like life is hard and life is sad and it's okay as long as we know what to do with it and how to cope with it and how to learn from it. Awesome. What are yeah. you currently reading? I just finished what my bones know and I keep telling everybody about it. So Trauma good. book. So, so good. good. Um, She's a journalist, memoir of her trauma history. Um, and I like that it adds a little bit like of Malaysian culture and how like Asian Americans often experience trauma and perfectionism and don't share their stories or can't share their stories without worrying about their families. And so it's just really great. Um, I also just finished my first Colleen Hoover book because I know everyone's all about her <laughs> and her romances. Um, Stay in relevant. Love it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I always have a nice fun book in there or like something lighthearted. I love Emily Henry too. I don't know if y'all know her fun. Love romance, happy stories. Um, and so, although I did pick the Colleen Hoover sad book, Reminders of Him, um, with like trauma component, of course. Um, I just started, oh, Crystal, I just started Radical Candor. Heck yeah. That, have I said that right? Because yes. Crystal told me to read it. That's right. And sure it's did. been on my Libby wait list for like a year or six months. And it finally popped up yesterday. Awesome. So I have that one going. Um, I think that was another book I didn't like. I didn't keep going. I'm also reading. Oh, so I love right now learning about business and finance and profit. Um, I'm in a group practice meetup with Crystal, which is how I know Crystal. Um, and so I am reading everything Barbara Stanny. She's my idol and favorite. Maybe she should be my person. Yes, let's put Barbara Stanny <laughs> on there. Um, and I just joined her Wealth Connection for Women group. Okay. Um, and she's so cute. She replies to all our messages. And so she has, she's the daughter of the one of the founders of H&R Block. And she's also a therapist. So she, her books, the reason I love them so much is rather than just your regular finance book, she digs deeper into what she calls like financial trauma. And like, what are the money messages you got as a child? And why do you do that with money? Or why do you spend it all? Or why are you a shopaholic? Or whatever it might be causing those beliefs and thoughts that are directing how you use money and save and invest and all that stuff. So yes, loving that stuff. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I can send you the link. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm reading her book, Rewire for Wealth, and I've read her all her other books. We like to do a fun thing at the end of our uh, interviews where uh, we ask some rapid fire fun questions. Ready. Do you have tattoos? No, zero. But we're going to go and get you one. <laughs> you just tell me what. Okay, sounds good. I can't pick, so I can't, like, I'm too indecisive. How do you describe your style? Warm? I don't know. Harmonious, as somebody, somebody just told me that I have a lot of harmony. I don't know. I love that. What What makes you laugh? (laughs) My kids. They're silly. Cute. Would your 12-year-old self think that you are cool? No, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of boring these days with mom and work life. What's your favorite season? Summer, always. I'm from Miami, Florida. I love summer uh in one sentence what do you do in the morning oh my gosh i deal with little maniac children trying to get them dressed and ready for school it's way harder than anyone has ever told you (laughs) uh what's an underwhelming superpower you're great at this but nobody knows handwriting i have really good handwriting yeah. What currently lights you up? Cooking. I like to cook. I want to go to culinary school one day. Mm. Are you cautious or bold? Both. Can I be both? You could be whatever. This is a both and situation. <laughs> yes. I am very cautiously bold. I moved to Asheville after reading Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for being here. Of course. You guys are so fun. Thank you for having me. I also want to thank Allie for being guest with us today. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in today, y'all. Stay rooted. And messy. 